What's up, crew? This is Brandon Dredler, and you're now listening to Cocktails and Questions. Back again, it's Ben and James. We got a fun one today. A little drop a little bug in your ear. One of my favorite quotes by Marshall McLuhan. We become what we behold, we shape our tools, and then thereafter they shape us. Which is the theme of today, man, because we got into autonomous vehicles. Are they real? Of course, we think they're real. But what does the general public feel? When are they going to happen? And more importantly, how are they going to happen? What needs to take place in order for these things to come to life? And one shout out to a Cocktails and Questions fan that I ran into in New York City. They let me know that they really enjoyed when I said, hallelujah, holy shit, what a fucking time to be alive. So that is for you, my friend, and goes perfectly with the theme of autonomous vehicles. And speaking of fans, be sure to check out cocktailsandquestions.com. Please write and review. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your enemies, too. You never know. All right, man. Phones down. Tune in. Drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. What is this, episode 16? Episode 16. Is it really? Yeah. 15 will drop tonight, Wait, probably. Sweet 16. Cocktails and Questions, Sweet 16 episode. Um, a lot has happened since we've been back. We've been on a lot of aeroplanes. I think we were all in... All in uh, I like the way you say that. Yeah. Aeroplanes. It's right? Aeroplanes. Uh, the Pl- government shut down. For a day, and well, then started back. back up. Let's not overdo and that. We're back, just like cocktails and <laughs> questions. <they're back. laughs> and we're back, and we're glad you're with us, man. Um, a lot of times we talk about uh, topical stuff, just like things that hit the wire. We got to sort it out. Um, but every now and again, we want to take a step back and just look at sort of macro trends. Um, because to James's point, we think about this stuff a lot, but we kind of think about it with each other, right? So we don't know if we're right or if we're wrong. And want to take a step back and. Uh, I think somebody saw the Tesla semi truck roaming around, right in the wild. Looks like a Decepticon. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> looks like a dystopian future truck, which got us thinking about autonomous vehicles at large, right? And so, just pinning the question right at top: Is it real? I know that we think it's real, but then the quick fast follows is like, when would it happen, and and how is that thing actually going to happen, man? So. Super open ended question on on something we love. So, want to kick us off a little bit? Yeah, I think. I, it's absolutely real. And I think you would be hard pressed to find somebody who says that it's not real, but the big conversation and the disparity is when is it going to be real? And to take a step back, what is an autonomous vehicle? So Tesla has, uh, assisted driving, you know, every major manufacturer has said they're going to have autonomous vehicles in market by some say 2019 others, depending on how you look at 2021. But what does that really mean? Does that mean you can take your hands off all the time and you don't need a driver in the front seat? There's a lot of confusion around that. So you could dissect the entire argument, but I think that everybody agrees that it's going to happen where I think the miss is, is people don't understand how fast it's going to happen. And I am very bullish on it. A lot of people disagree. Most of the projections that are conservatives say 2035, 2030. I'm in the, I'm in the 2025, 2027, which is, that's, you're talking about eight years from now, seven, eight, nine years from now. And I think that this thing is much more real than most people are giving it credit for. So, um, it's really interesting. There's a really great book by a guy named Nicholas Carr called The Glass Cage, and it's about human nature and automation. And I think about how that relates to the question of when we're going to see this. And for a lot of people, they hate driving, right? Um, and for a lot of people, this may solve part of it. I don't know that autonomous cars 
solves the problems that make people hate driving. It's not going to solve traffic. It can improve traffic because of better coordination if they're all talking to each other and they all know when they're on the road. Because in reality, anybody who sat in a long row of cars only to be trapped behind that one jackass that's looking at his phone and they're like, there's like 500 feet ahead of him and you're just like furiously stomping on your horn. You're like, you fucking jerk. That guy will hopefully be eradicated and that should help a lot. Um, But I think there's going to be like headwinds too. I don't think it's going to happen. This is my personal opinion. I don't know if it's going to happen as quickly as everybody says it will, if only because there are a, a portion of society that just likes to drive. Right. There are people that right. like to drive. There are some people that are control freaks that are resistant to new technologies and aren't uh, going to trust an autonomous vehicle. Um, there will, I guarantee you, this will happen. There will be a smattering of headlines as autonomous vehicles begin to mainstream of it ran over a cat or it went into a ditch. In Good. fact, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but there was a news piece on this morning uh, about uh, some people that drove into a lake using Waze. Yeah. And they blamed it on a frozen lake, right? And they're all blaming it on Waze. In reality, they knew they were heading right towards a lake. They knew it was icy out. It was human error. But uh, people like to blame technology. So I think there are some headwinds, but I think it will be here. And I think it will probably be sometime in the 2030s. I think that's a a safe assumption. You you brought up an interesting point. I mean, you know me. I'm not one to... Defend driving straight into a lake on on your map. It was apparently foggy. I'll give them that. Benefit of the doubt. Anyway, um, but you brought up a lot of interesting points before I'm able to throw out a day that I think about, which is the personal freedom and the legal implications of this, right? Um, if you go all the way back, there's there's some great little research and anecdotes, anecdotes about how the uh, automobile as we know it today shaped America. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. The roadways, the interstates, um, how buildings are constructed, parking lots, the whole thing, like... That vehicle and that square footage that it takes up essentially help define how we live today. And so I think about like the redefinition of that and what's that going to do, again, from the legal but also the personal, because it shaped the minds of America, right? Like you grow up in America and you're 14, you can't wait to turn 16, somebody takes you to the thing. You, like your wheels are your freedom, right? That's what we were taught. But now this whole generation's come up and they don't give a shit. Right, because they came up in a world where, like, isn't that crazy? You can't I, pay I lo- a kid who's sixteen no. years old to get a driver's license. But it's all on social media. Like, there's a study at the University of Michigan that showed an inverse relationship between the amount of time spent online when social media properties and the desire to get a driver's license. Yeah, it's a very real thing. Well, you don't need to go out. So that we're getting back into like the psychology and evolutionary DNA, which uh, Ben and I talked about last time. Which is like you're getting the satisfaction of what you need without having to go out. Mm-hmm. Right when when Americana was in its heyday and like owning your wheels and all that shit. You're bored, man. There's nothing to do. You had to go. You ha- I mean, have to get out of here. And a Sunday drive used to be a thing that you did. Yep. And the impact that the car, that the that the vehicle had on uh, our society is, is overlooked. I mean, there was no suburbia. You Correct. married someone who lived in walking distance from your home because yep. that's the only way you could see them. So it expanded the gene pool, you know, uh, remote medicine, the ability that's to right. have hospitals, all around, uh, but perishable goods, Preserved being foods, able yeah. to, to mm-hmm. move things that Those railways, but yeah, same, similar. Yeah. But yeah. that last mile, you know, and being able to do that. And, and now I think we're going to see something similar in terms of the impact, but it's going to go the other way as cars go away, you're going to have this, this reverse of that. So do people move farther out or do they move closer in? Uh, you know, the, the thing, so you, you made the argument, I'm going to argue against your argument because okay. I like to do Fair that. Enough. Everyone uses the idea of, 
uh, I like to drive, but people like to ride their horse. My argument actually was not and, that I like to drive. It's no, that, that a portion of people like to drive. A portion of people like to drive. Another portion of people will be resistant, and ultimately, another portion of people will fail to see the utility. But, but see, what I did is I reframed your argument in a way that I, made I my know. argument better, and that's why. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but there's a difference between liking to drive and liking to control where you're going, which is, I think, what yep. you're talking about, like the yeah. control aspect. Control. I, I don't quite enjoy driving, but the thought of having something else drive me that is not a human is a little strange. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a proponent of this. I, I want this to happen. I am a bit concerned about the death of the automobile, which will inevitably happen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's one of those things that comes up and then it gets more and more expensive. Because everybody loves them. hanging out at a car dealership negotiating. But then, but then there's also, we can get into that if you want, man. Uh, but then there's also the, um, the expense of the upkeep and the legal pressures that will come, right? Which is the other landscape of this thing. So... You know, if I had to put a date on it, and you brought up something that's really interesting. You called it, um, I forget what you called it, but it, it sparked the last 10 foot problem. Last, last mile. Feet. You used to call it last mile, the last 10 feet. Like, same deal, right? Yep. Like, which is, what are we talking about? So if we're talking about like 90% autonomous sort of transportation, whether mm-hmm. that be uh, mass transport or personal or carpool or whatever, I mean, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm thinking somewhere between 2020 and 2030 until this is the norm in major metropolitan areas. So I've read a lot about this and the the one that I keep going back to, and it's a bit, it's a bit biased, but there's a report by a company called Rethink X mm-hmm. and they, it's all about the future of transportation and it's fascinating. Go read it. We'll put the link in the notes. But what I never thought about was the fact that there is a network effect. This entire thing is linked. And, and what their hypothesis is, is that, um, that the, the ride sharing companies like Uber, Lyft, but those like Ford, Chevrolet, GM, all of those people will, will start to create massive fleets. And as they become first electrified, mm-hmm. meaning that they can run longer, uh, more cost effective, have less parts that move so they break less, you can start to use these things. Average cars used 4% of their life versus if you get it up to like a 95% of your life, the cost per unit goes down and you can serve so many more people. But the part that was most interesting is as these become autonomous, the cost per mile goes down to 25 cents or less. And when you can get a fully autonomous car to come pick you up in less than three minutes, take you anywhere you want for less than 25 cents, that means that the average person would save anywhere between two and $3,000 a year at minimum driving more than they've already than they're already doing today. And so that that's mind blowing that it could be that cheap, but then what happens is it starts to cost more to own a car. That's right. Because because uh, mechanics go out of business, right? The car dealerships start not having as much business. because because people all of a sudden they they say, "Well, I could get my car fixed and it's $1,000 to replace the transmission or I can spend $1,000 at 25 cents a mile." Wouldn't they just and drive service for, the autonomous cars that belong to the fleet as opposed to I'm talking to about I don't need a car. Oh, so okay. the fleet still needs to get it well, fixed. Well, the fleet the fleet takes advantage of like what's called uh, predictive maintenance analytics, yeah. right? Because now it's ultimately controlled. I don't need to take it anywhere to get it diagnosed and I've given it the right. So like that whole umbrella of predictive maintenance analytics takes all that costs way down. And that is the, that's that's the argument is that the fleet will still need to be serviced and there'll still need to be dealerships to sell the fleet. And I and I agree with that. I think the difference is the personal ownership of car at some point tips and it becomes more expensive and more of a pain in the ass to own these things to the point in this report they actually say I think they say by like 2024 you will actually have to pay somebody to take their car. 
if it is a gas powered engine, yep. that, that it will actually have no residual value. So then that means that if people aren't using um, gas powered vehicles, then all of a sudden the network effect on the oil industry mm. and, and there's just this ripple effect. And the fact that it could happen that fast is something that we didn't see at the adoption of the car. So just just to throw this out there, what you're talking about is one of my favorite things that's lovingly referred to as the Cobra effect. You guys familiar with this? It was the butterfly Sounds effect. Sounds badass. Yeah. The butterfly effect was a Ashton Kutcher movie in the yeah. uh, early 2000s. Um, the Cobra effect actually dates back to when uh, like British ruled India. And there was... Uh, there was essentially like this massive, um, yeah, thanks, man. There's a there's too many poisonous snakes, right? So they essentially put out a bounty on all cobras and poisonous snakes. Great. They essentially eradicated it. But what they didn't think was about the rats. Mm-hmm. Now the rats come, right? And so with rats comes disease. And now the humans are sick. And that's what you're talking about, like these unforeseen um, consequences of a simple action. Like how does this actually spread out? I know you have some thoughts about that with the benefit of retrospective what happened with the internet, what happened with the cell phone, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I think with anything new, right, we always want to be optimistic and say it's going to be a bright new future and it's going to be a great new day. And like like you're fond of saying, no, it's, it's a great day to be alive. Um, but in <laughs> What reality, a fucking time to be alive. If you goes. knew about what the internet would actually be you, when you were thinking about it years in advance in terms of like the dark web and card market and Nigerian print scams and you know, all of the various and sundry human sexual peccadilloes that get manifested. With every peak of light, there is also the dark. And I think about what might the dark be that goes on, or at least the reality of the manifestation of human nature inside the autonomous car. And I actually think that's probably the more interesting part of the discussion, right? So I guess my question to everybody on this podcast is, we know what the potential upside could be. You know, what is the more uh, interesting sort of uh, network effect of autonomous vehicles. So not going into the dark part, but a part that we all will face is that 40,000 people a year die in automobile accidents. That will likely go down to, in some predictions, less than 1,000, some less than 400. The majority of organ transplants and donations come from automobile deaths. Mm -hmm. So there's no organ donors. All of a sudden, if you You said you weren't going to go dark. If you need no, but, uh, but that's, not okay. that's not nefarious. That's not nefarious. So I mean, that that's just an un, unintended consequence. I think when you think about nefarious things, um, the idea there's a lot of studies that show that prostitution will go through the roof. Uh, the fact that you don't have to drive anymore means that you can drink almost any time. And there's a lot of predictions I that massive alcoholism. Alcoholism, and, and that's I a do. real. That's a real thing. It I mean, is. It, well, staying staying above the board. What, What's the correlation between autonomous vehicles and prostitution? So the idea that some of these, that that a lot of these uh, autonomous vehicles will likely be configured in ways that are, think about sleeper cars, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be for traveling long distances. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're they're not going to have anybody else in them. So if you don't have anywhere else to go, you got an autonomous car. I mean, it's, it, it. Yeah. Why go rent a room when you can just jump in the car? Yeah. No, I That's well, the new slogan for my autonomous Well, I think company. what's interesting is the, um, because ultimately somebody would control it, but that's neither here nor there. I can yeah. use my imagination of, of why that would be. But you brought up the 40,000 deaths. Mm-hmm. So just jumping back real quick to about how the automobile shaped America, right? Mm-hmm. I, saw the, I saw a very similar article. It might have been one where you got that stat from, but it's talking about the 40,000 deaths. 
and how essentially the speed limits are a hangover from when our cars were steel, right? And now we're making lighter, faster cars that are more flexible and like, and they actually don't protect you and all this shit about how like it went up and it went up and it went up and it's never come down as like vehicles have gotten smaller and all this shit. So it's pretty interesting stuff, man. In terms of the dark stuff, for sure people are going to drink more. For sure people are going to do drugs more. But they're also going to work more. They're also going to be more flexible. Like, it, like there's this counterbalance. But one thing I think about is small shitty towns. Like the amount of revenue, even big cities, that come off of speeding tickets, mm-hmm. that come off of DUIs, mm-hmm. that come off like the insurance industry is a mega concern that you don't think about. You're like, oh, this is great. I, just, I can just lay back and watch Harry Potter and not do what that one guy did in 2016. But... Um, but what is it? What else does it mean? Right? Well, like, a lot really of people are affected by your convenience. Because so what you guys are talking about is, is there's there's the network effect. Ben, your point's really well taken. I mean, if you think about Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman from mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, I think he's got your gist right. Yep. Like he's rapidly trying to diversify Saudi Arabia. If for no other reason, he just sees that electric cars are coming. Heaven forbid, autonomous cars, right? And ultimately, efficiency and petrochemicals, whether. The current administration likes it or not is like it's it's a sort of a passe idea. It wouldn't be cocktails and questions without if a without James's pointed Trump thoughts on reference. Trump. Um, but I think about it, and the larger thing I think about is as part of the larger connected IoT city. The smart city is actually the much more compelling idea for me. And the car, I think, the autonomous vehicle is is um, an archetype of its potential benefit. And I think about how much fucking time I waste dealing with driving places, right? And to your point, Brandon, what could I be doing with all of this? And I think there will be a massive recoup to the point where people will have more time than they know what to do with, right? And that will repurpose things like work, right? And mm-hmm. you think about it. So what the question always becomes, what is after digital, right? Like we're in the middle of digital transformation right now. What comes after that? What's the next big wave? It's optimal and personal. Those are the next big waves. Optimal comes in terms of like my connected car will actually let me know based on where all the other connected cars are doing when it's best for me to go to work. So I don't have to get on a routine anymore. Mm-hmm. It'll tell me actually when I should schedule my, my meetings relative to when everybody else in my neighborhood is coming home, my wife wants to be home, when my smart kitchen thinks I should make dinner, all that other shit. And that's kind of the mind-blowing part for me. But it is it is that crucible in the middle of everything in your life of how much fucking time am I wasting right now dealing with all of this shit and really what could I be doing with it? But the the connection to something bigger is is really the promise of autonomous car because by itself you have to have all the infrastructure you have to have everything else that connects to actually get to a point where they are as efficient as possible Uh, i saw a stat that said uh, just in terms of time saved the average commute i think 16 minutes something like that Uh, the advertising industry is projecting a 50 billion dollar a year increase just because of the time saved that people will then be staring at screens yep. that they can monetize. Can you believe that? I mean, that do, is a Do you think a they're going to have a freemium model? Do you think they're going to have like so. an autonomous you have to car that like, it doesn't cost you anything if you just sit there and like why jack not? into their ad service? Why can, not, right? You tell me why that wouldn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely think it, it will. So uh, I, I, the smart city piece is, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, I think smart cities will be the first domino in this network effect because the smartest cities will start to redevelop their urban core and start to use IoT to not only, you know, get smarter from a technology standpoint, but figure out the way that the city runs and moves people through and it. And they'll start to, I believe, outlaw cars yes. in general. 
100%. and then and in the urban city core, and then they will uh, only enable things like autonomous vehicles. You know, it's really interesting to me. Um, we were watching as a group um, Earl Morris's documentary, The Fog of War, which is fascinating for a midday view. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, what? I, I put it up for a vote. They said that's why they wanted to watch. But um, it was about Bob McNamara, the former mm-hmm. Secretary of Defense during the Vietnam. But before that, he was the president of Ford Motor Company. He was actually involved with. Uh, the invention of the seatbelt when he was just one of the department heads and they fought that thing like tooth and nail, yep. right? They're like, ah, nobody will buy that and nobody will ever want to do that. And he's like, no, it saves lives. It's a net benefit to society. And when I think back to that, it actually sounds like a lot of the arguments that I'm putting forth about yeah. why people won't use autonomous cars, right? In reality, when you talk about the net gain uh, just to your overall daily life and even like a sense of personal wellness that I don't have to go and do these soul-sucking things or heaven forbid, like I can trust this thing to take my kid to school, mm-hmm. right? And, and all that other stuff. So other tasks that are all good. I sent it to the grocery store and it came back with my groceries. Like yeah. those are amazing things to me. There's no reason that why that's not going to happen within the next 15 years. Like I... I you know, I, I think that's I think that's so long, and I and I agree. I'm being I'm, I'm being hopeful. super. Concerned. I'm hopeful, but yeah, it, it it would be great, man. And I think your your point about being becoming outlaw is really interesting, right? So they're going to do it through emissions. They're going to do it through simply you can't park here, yep. right? Like I I don't think we can tell that part. But the one thing that really interests me, we've referenced this before, I believe on this podcast, which is the displacement of professional drivers. Mm-hmm. Right, the largest. I think the largest employment category. Robots have to wear yeah. the livery cap. Is that what they're going to? They're get the robots are going to drive like only the, if it makes you more loyal to the, the brand that delivered yeah, it. The right? it's dead simple. Um, but truck drivers, It'd be a huge um, displacement. Mm-hmm. Taxi drivers, uh, limo drivers, Ubers and Lyfts. Like this Messengers, is a mega couriers, mega workforce that we're talking about, right? And what are you going to do with all of those people, right? And so you get to universal basic income. Job augmentation. Manufacturing should be a, it is the perfect example of what's going to happen. So it Agreed. used to be that manufacturing was in fact just sort of a batch bulk labor process and ultimately was displaced by processes. And therefore your job required skilled management. And as, as that's where yep. logistics and, and, and that sort of job's going to go, which is like if I am a truck driver, I am more like a commander of a technical system as opposed to a guy that sits there and makes jokes yeah. on the CB and stops by we- uh, get a burger at the... Truck stop. Yeah, I mean, we were asked recently uh, from some analysts, like, what do we see about about AI in the coming wave? Which is that we're talking about AI, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about machine vision and robotics and all this stuff. Like, the biggest number, the, the number one thing is education, right? For good and bad. Like, one, here's what's about to happen to you, regardless of whatever picket sign you might hold or however you might vote is coming. It's a pending wave. Like, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time, in my opinion. And two, here's what you can do about it, right? So people think it's about the displacement, but it's actually about the augmentation of, of skill sets, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to look at it. I look at it on um, like Maslow's hierarchy, yeah. right? So at the baseline, you know, you need, you need to just be protected, right? You need to just cover safety. And so if you think about autonomous cars right now, 40,000 people die, they don't need to. And that net benefit, just that going away, you know, the other stat I heard, the the third most common cause of death right now, errors made by doctors in hospitals. Yep. Right behind cancer, above respiratory disease. AI will also solve that. That's just a whole nother topic of conversation. But yep. just just just. But then that is that's mind blowing. Even but, the so benefit. you get that. Then if that doesn't happen, then you get all that time back, 
which means you're more efficient, which gives you the ability to do more. But once all that happens, I think that it will open up more creativity. I think it'll open up. That's right. You can do something with that time that you can't do with driving. And people say, I love to go drive. I love to go drive. But you love to go drive on a Sunday afternoon with the top down. Well, now you might be able to go do that, you know, anytime. You love the fact that you don't have to go to work and go drive. Mm-hmm. You don't like driving with the top down for, you know, 35 minutes in traffic every single day. Well, well, where did where did Dr. Air come in? I, I'm just talking Third. about the benefit of AI. I think about, as you look at AI, the benefits will be first, safety, and, and the things that help us, you know, uh, provide food for the for the global society, you know, baseline benefits. I think part of that is that doctor error will be reduced significantly because AI will help them make better decisions. But where was that in like the order of that kills people? I think that's basic. I think that's that's basic no, no, no. at the bottom like you said, of it's Maslow's like can- hierarchy. Cancer kills. Oh, and it's then- number three. Okay, it's, so-, so it goes it goes heart disease, cancer, doctor error. Right. And so what I was thinking 250, about two hundred and fifty thousand people a year. What I was thinking about, unfortunately if we save all, like, listen, just come with me for a second. All right, we're going there. If we save all of these people, then what? The fuck are we gonna do with make, all of these? Make people? more autonomous cars. Which that's what. That's <laughs> what. Like driving, that's, well, that's what all the. Yeah, that's what you, all the drivers are yeah, gonna do. Exactly. So it's sort of like a mobile version it. of Ready Player One. So instead yes. of stacking all the crates like vertically, we're actually just gonna put people yeah. in a loop around the highway. There's actually a really funny. This is this is these are funny topics, right? I think yeah. it's actually very expansive to talk about it. So uh, anybody who's ever been to San Antonio, Texas, that knows that 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 loop is huge, right? Like there's this huge loop that you drive around the city, and you ask yourself yeah 410 and you ask yourself god how long does it take to drive 410 if you've been there a couple of times well in reality it takes so long that there used to be a floating poker game that uh, was illegal, a floating illegal poker game inside this RV, and you would get in, and you couldn't get out of the game until you made one loop, which was hours. Right? You would drive awesome. in this circle for hours, and even if you were like, you you go all in on the first hand and you lose, You're you got to sit in the fucking RV for like the next three and a half hours and watch everybody. That's play. what you get for going all in right? on the first hand, though. I mean, honestly, like <laughs> does that? you kind of deserved it. So I also foresee floating poker games. But the the thing for me that was really interesting, having um, coached. Uh, a son through getting his driver's license is how driving actually teaches you respect for human life. I actually think it's one of the most significant parts of uh, your sort of formative years, which is responsibility. And I really do question like how that's going to affect culture when you're no longer given the keys to this killing machine and taught and lectured relentlessly over and over and over again. Don't, because you can kill somebody. This independence and freedom comes with a certain level of responsibility. I, I, I really think that'll be interesting to see point. what happens with that. Yeah, that's a great point, man. Never, I mean, I never. Dark. Th- Sorry. Yeah, it like, is kind of dark. I never thought that. about but it. This that is way, why but, we're talking about it. But, but those are those are the unforeseen consequences. You know, these coming of mo- coming of age moments that we all grew up with. It was like the formative years of your life. You know, you you waited, and at sixteen, you ran out and you got your driver's license. And then that just opened up a whole nother path. It almost, it was before and after. Before yep. you had your driver's license and after you had your driver's license, you were a different person. Yep. Now there's almost a barrier that's that's going to be removed. And I think that'll have an impact on, it'll have an impact on product. It'll have an impact on marketing. It'll have an impact on maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other thing that I look at is, we, we've got a lot of people that we talk to today who are looking out and they're making, they're signing 20 year leases on physical properties. 75 in California. Yeah. 
And, and so you go out in Japan. Yeah, you go as a retailer and you sign a 20 year lease on a property based on right. traffic patterns. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the number one you know thing that you great. buy, yes, right? And, and you, you want to be on the right corner. Yep. You want to be in a way that people can pull off and they don't have to make a left turn across traffic. And you do density studies based on that. In 20 years, not only will those traffic patterns be completely different, not only will your business be completely different, but there likely won't be any traffic. And and that's where the future, what everybody thinks of as the Jetsons, is colliding with reality. And the future is much closer than than you think. I yeah. sound like such a no. I love douche saying reference, that. If only because <laughs> the future is much closer than you think. Copyright Ben Gaddis, 2018. I love the Jetsons reference because it implies a, a snarky robot with a White New Jersey Jetsons. accent. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite part of the Jetsons. What, what's... So before we get to our predictions of when, because we, we've raised a lot of questions, I don't think we've actually answered how. I think we can answer the when. I think yeah. the how is an ongoing, fascinating question. Um, but I'll make one prediction before we get there, which is by the time that what the scenario you just laid out happens, there will be people that are still hucking around traffic patterns as a, as a way to get you by the same way that billboards and radio do today. Guaranteed. Yeah. It'll be a hangover. Anyway, <laughs> well, and some of it, some of it might might be valid. Some of it, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to go away. And but you asked how I'm I'm just big and bullish on this network effect, and I think that there are things that I don't even understand that will push us to a place where this whole thing will pivot faster. I remember I just I grew up, you know, my a big part of my early career was in mobile, and I remember telling people. Everyone will have a phone. And they would say, no, 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 no. Show me the numbers. Show me how many people actually right. have a phone. And then they'd be like, well, how many people actually use text messages? I'm like, you're missing the point. This is a fundamental shift in the way that people That's right. live. And and it went in every prediction, every analyst, every research study said, well, it'll it's going to go up 6% next year. And it's going to go up 3% next year. And now no it's not even 10 years later. There is no question of whether or not this is a, is a mobile world. I think we're going to have the same thing looking back where a lot of people will be like, eh, it's, it's only for millennials. It's only for the, no, it's only for rich people. It's only, and then, and then you'll look back and you'll be like, there are not many people who I think you're going to hear about it for a long time and you're going to wonder. And then all of a sudden it's going to happen very, very fast. I, you know, the, 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 typical sort of forecasting model is going to go through like we're going to have waves and you know like cars turn over every sort of use. but you think about it the whole idea of an autonomous car is to your point like net new i mean it really is i, I don't think about it as an evolution of the car i think it is a net new product and as a result i think that actually goes and gooses a whole wave of purchasing that is decoupled yeah. from your traditional car turnover cycle i do too. i think i don't think it has much to do with autonomous cars. I think it's that autonomous cars enable car sharing at a level yeah. that is so cheap and so accessible that we've never seen. And so the question becomes not do I buy an autonomous car, but do I need a car in general? And the answer becomes probably not because it becomes more expensive, becomes more of a pain. I can't drive it in places I need to or park it anywhere. And all of a sudden, it just and the the other part. This is the thing that that most people don't realize is it's not an either or. So I can That's own right. a car, yep. and I own a car, and I use Uber. I got the numbers like in twenty seven cities last year. They sent me my year end report. 
it doesn't mean that I sold my car, but the number of miles that I drive continue to go down. And at some point I'm just going to go, you know what? I'm riding more than half of my miles in Uber. My car's sitting in my garage 96% of the time. And that's a fact. That's yep. the average car sits 96% of the time. Why do I need this thing? Yeah. Uh, yep. we, we've talked a lot about the, the output of the network effect, but I think there's an input of the network effect too. So we talk about customer expectations and the transferability of it. The fight that you outlined with mobile is the same fight and story that I fight with voice, right? And I'm just like, trust me, trust me. It's a colleague shared earlier, essentially. Like People now look like, at us like, like we're, we're crazy when we're crazy. talking about the potential of the future of voice. And, and it's like voice is now on, a, on the path to um, become uh, equivalent to mobile five times faster than mobile did, yep. Yep. right? And we're in the same thing, right? So we think a lot about outputs, but there's also inputs, man. I mean, the, the same people that want this stuff in their lives, I want single click checkout. I want it to be here within an hour. I want my lunch delivered to me. Are the same people who are going to say, "Just take me to fucking work." Yeah, right. That's it. I so, don't want to deal with it. Super excited, man. Um, was was your time prediction? Till till ninety percent. Ninety percent. I think it's ninety percent is twenty twenty nine. Uh, twenty thirty five. Did you have something to add? No. Okay. Well, I mean, have lots of things to add. Are we going to do a coolest <laughs> thing this week? We are. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making to, sure. Just trying to wrap up the autonomous. I, I, I get it. But that you saw my eyebrows. I did. I was like. I didn't see them sure as cool. much as I felt them. Right? I could feel them. I could hear them. But I couldn't really see them. So. We've been traveling a lot together. I think we've developed a symbiosis. This it's week. a thing. It's the recycled air that you get by sitting next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go 2030. I'm going to go one. It's, we're playing we're prices right. So prices do I win? Right. I guess. If Wait, is this one of those things like, yeah, if I'm a dollar under, like yes. I bet one dollar. Yes. Yeah, we got uh, next year. <laughs> a year, uh, the year one <laughs> AD. <Exactly>. I go <laughs> as close as possible without going over. All right, man. So being new to your pets. Autonomous vehicles. This has got to be a continued series because we raised a bunch of weird out questions. That was, that was good. But before we get out of here and on to our day, which is never ending this week, coolest thing you've seen? Coolest thing I saw had nothing to do with technology. It was actually a documentary that I saw on Netflix today. Are you stealing? Am I stealing yours? Mm, no. no, 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 no. I'm giving you the thumbs because yeah. I, like, I know where you're going yeah. with this. Finders Keepers. Okay. If you have not watched it, drop everything, quit your job, and watch Finders for Keepers hours, for two hours and then like reapply for your job. It is the story, <laughs> and I think it's in Alabama, of, uh, of a, a gentleman who is in a uh, plane crash, has to have his leg amputated. He uh, decides that he wants to hold on to that leg, so he wraps it up in a bag, drops it in some formaldehyde, and puts it in a storage unit inside a barbecue smoker. Goodness. He forgets to pay his bill, God. and that barbecue smoker is auctioned off. Another gentleman buys it, and a legal fight ensues over who actually owns this man's leg. It's an hour and 45 minutes of the best television possible as these two duke it out. Go watch it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, for me, um, I can tell you what wasn't the coolest thing I saw this week. Okay. Let me just tell you, Sweatcoin. So that was number one in the App Store. It was the number one free app in the App Store, and it jumped to five million users out of nowhere. So gross. It was this really, really lame, cynical cryptocurrency play. Like, we reward you with coins for all of your activity, essentially playing on people's predilection for wanting something for nothing. And if you get into it, I was like, I have this onboarding. It's great. Da, 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 da. I got in. It is, the, it is a total arbitrage play it is super lame it's like you you anybody who has any sort of exposure to 
any type of rewards or loyalty program, it's a very cynical attempt to try and make money by not making a product. So that leads me to the one thing I didn't think <laughs> was cool is now individual states are starting to adopt their own net neutrality policy policies, which I think is great. Yep. Um, and it's what we hoped for when we went back, was that episode 11 or 12 when we did net neutrality? Yeah, we outlined that a little bit about right? the grassroots. And That's the, exactly yeah. right. And so Montana and New York have actually already come forth uh, with their own net neutrality policies, and you're starting to see other states try to follow suit. What a nightmare, though, from a national company perspective. I, I think mean, that's it's great. When they, that's, when the, that's when the internet service providers yep. in the states are all going to get back on the federal government and be like, you got to straighten this you shit figure out. It out. You caused this. That's wild. So I'll one-up you guys, and I'll do three. Oh. Vermont's legalization, full legalization of weed. I thought it was super interesting, right? They did it faster and more like broad stroke than any other state prior to them, which was, I think, this week, maybe last week. Um, I'll steal your thing from the documentaries. Uh, and I didn't watch it. I can't weigh in on it. There's a show called Gunpowder from Jon Snow oh, on Netflix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had it in the background. When we were preparing for our trip to New York, I was kind of working late at night. It was on in the background. And it was on mute. <clears throat> had my music in my earbones. And I looked up and I was just like, this guy has more time on film standing in gray skies than any other actor <laughs> ever. Because it looks. Did he? Did he have a giant like wolf's yes. mane on he him? Had, he had. He had the the era's version of that <laughs> yes. on. I was just like, this guy shouldn't watch the MI five movie. You'll be really disappointed. And it's then, mostly uh, at night, and he doesn't wear any of that. And then the other one was um, Robin Hood is going to accept uh, Bitcoin transactions. Um, did see that? Yeah, uh, starting in February. Which, when we go back to our crypto, and we said, What's, what, what does it need? It's starting to happen as far as this mass adoption. Not saying that it's going to change any price or anything like that. Please don't go out and make this thing the number one <laughs> in the app store again. Because we have that kind of pull. Um, it's been an awesome week, man. Thank you guys for your attention and your time. Thank you guys for the uh, thoughts and continuing questions on autonomous vehicles. James Lanyon, Ben Gaddis, sound engineer Austin, uh, for the entire Cocktails and Questions crew. Thank you so much for your time. Be good to one another. Be good to yourselves. Until next time. Adios. Peace. Peace.